All right, thank you for joining us. Eight o'clock hour is underway. DJ is off. I'm PK flying the ship solo, but not entirely solo because I have got a great guest that I'm looking forward to talking to right now. Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports National College Football Writer. Dennis, right off the bat, what did you think when you saw Coastal Carolina and BYU hastily get together to have this game on Saturday? I thought it was brilliant. I thought because of the implications involved for both teams, it's a massive game we never would have seen except for COVID. And, you know, credit to Joe Moglia and, uh, and Tom Holmo for putting this together. I, I love the fact that uh, BYU's going cross-country. I, I love that story by Ross Dellinger and the, and the equipment truck drivers. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think this is a great matchup. I'm kind of surprised at the line. I think Coastal's going to have something for the Cougars on Saturday, but that's why they play the game. For sure. You know, when BYU went independent at the time, I'm sure you recall Utah was going to the Pac-12, their arch rival, basically getting a ticket punched to the winning the lottery. And BYU was playing on the Mountain Network, which just no one was seeing. They were getting no distribution for their product. And so they felt the need to go independent and obviously have the ESPN contract. And I supported it at the time, big time, because they needed that exposure. Well, now a decade later... Uh, how do you uh, evaluate, because in my mind it's been off the charts, the exposure that they've been getting the last few weeks? Uh, the exposure the last few weeks have been great. Um, you know, the, the nine years before that, I would argue, independence has been uneven for BYU. Right. But it, it took COVID for this to happen to the point that they can get a New Year's Six Bowl without playing a Power 5 team. You know, that, that's just one of the, the outcomes from this season. You know, would they have been 10-0 with the schedule they had this year? I don't know. But I do, I, I think, you know, the guys that have made up this team, Brady Christensen, Zach Wilson, uh, Dax Gunner, um, uh, Chris Tonga on the defensive line would have had outstanding seasons regardless. I, I love the potential, pro potential of this team. And I think, you know, that's, how teams at this level, that's how other people judge them. You know, how many pros do they have on the team? I think they've got a few. One of the methods of where they got to where they are, and this can apply across the board, in the big dogs, they can just reload virtually yeah. every year, and they're just as good as the prior years. But the rest of the teams, which is a large majority of them when you think about it, yeah. uh, the way the, the Cougars have done it, I'm wondering what you think of this formula if other teams should follow because they played a lot of young guys the first couple of years so now they get to this point in their college careers and many of them just about all of them except for a tight end it's got tons of experience so they're able to draw on that experience you think this is a formula that maybe can catch on in terms of okay we're not going to be great every single year but we can build towards something and have our special year every few years well in general more freshmen are playing anyway. I mean, look at Alabama, look at LSU. They've got, you know, a freshman at quarterback because they have to at the, at the skill positions, you're either starting or you're departing. Um, BYU has that built-in advantage with the mission trips where at least it seems traditionally in the lines, you know, you've got big veteran guys who may not have played football, but at the end of their careers, they're, they're men. Um, 
So, no, I, I don't think it's a BYU thing at all. I right. it's a college football thing. You can't afford not to play these players. And in the age of the transfer portal and one-time transfer coming up, you're going to see more and more of it because it's just, it, it is going to be a form of free agency. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, joining us. That one-time transfer portal, uh, I was listening to uh, Rick Neuheisel speak, and he was talking about he, how he thought that this one-time transfer portal actually might even help the Blue Buds because the theory being, wow, if I'm getting recruited by Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, well, why not give it a shot? And then if I get beat out and I find I'm not good enough because they just got better players, then I go to drop down to somebody else who's still pretty good but not as good. So his theory was this one-time transfer rule might end up helping the elite of the elite even more. How would you respond to that? Uh, the other part of that is, you know, the power five. This is going, The group of five is going to be a minor league, quote-unquote, for the Power Five. In other words, think of a guy who emerges. I had this thought yesterday. There's a guy at UTEP, Keenan Stewart, yep. um, defensive lineman of Iowa Western. UTEP, because of who they are, have to really go um, really go to the junior college to fill in, not surprising. I talked to their coach yesterday, Dana Demo, who's definitely afraid of too much publicity for this kid. I, I just filled him in at my All-America ballot. He's having that good a season because whether whether I fill him in on my All-America ballot or not, people know about him, and they will come after him hard. Um, and that's the concern, that Ian Stewart will be backing up at Alabama last, you know, next year, and, and Utah has to start over. Uh, that's one concern. Um, you know, the, the Power Five, yeah, they're going to do that. But there are also going to be kids that can't start at the Power Five who may not necessarily drop down to a group of five, but just go to another school where they can. And largely that's happening right now. That's why we've got the one-time transfer rule, because, the, you know, the, the sitting out a year became a joke. And the, because the NCA saw that as a legal liability, they were going to get sued over it sooner or later because every other sport besides those five that require you know uh, players to sit out hockey, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and I'm trying to think of the other one. There are 15 other sports that the NCAA sponsors. You can do whatever you want one time in your career. So it's going to happen. It's just a reality, and I, I think everybody's going to have to deal with it. Watching Urban Meyer talk on Saturday in that Fox pregame show, his big emphasis was he presses play meaning that he studied these teams. And he talked about last Saturday how the prior week he said he spent several hours pressing play, as he said, in terms of studying what he meant, studying on tape, Cincinnati and BYU. He comes to the conclusion that both of these teams, as far as the college football committee, are underranked and both of them should be ranked higher. And I thought maybe subtly, indirectly, maybe even directly, he was taking a shot at the playoff committee as far as how much studying they're doing. What would you say to that in terms of how much studying and, quote, unquote, pressing play that this committee is doing on these teams? First of all, how about Urban Meyer? He's great on that show now. Yes, he is. I mean, he, he's really grown into that role. And you yep. can see why he was a great coach. And, you know, I may get back in pretty soon. Who knows? But, yeah, I, I agree. I, I've said all season, I've said that having watched these teams with my untrained eye, I'm a, you know, half sports writer, so what do I know about picking down film, that, that they can play. I think they both can play. I just mentioned the reasons I think BYU is 
is uh, is worthy. Cincinnati as well. I, I think the committee discredits itself when, in the middle of all this, they put a Georgia at number eight. Um, and when I saw that Georgia at six and two, which is underachieved both defensively and offensively this year, I started thinking, how would you know how would uh, BYU match up against Georgia? And I just started thinking, I said, you know what? Having seen them both play, I think pretty damn favorably. Um, it, it, it's not like Georgia deserves to be four spots ahead of BYU um, and one spot behind Cincinnati in the New Year's Six conversation. Every time they've been hit schedule-wide with a challenge, they've lost it. Uh, they got blown up by Alabama. Um, what was the other loss? I'm trying to remember. But, no, I, I, I think that discredited uh, the poll this week. Um, yeah, I think Cincinnati, uh, I, the thing about Cincinnati is this is the first time there's been a legitimate conversation about them being in the playoff in the hit since 1998 when the BCS started because they're good enough and because there's a path. And if you really watch them, they're good. Now, BYU's problem is going to be a schedule. Um, I think their best path, obviously, is New Year's Six, and they got a heck of a chance that they beat DB Coastal. So, um, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think I, I agree with what you said, and I think they discredited themselves by sticking Georgia in there. Yeah, it seems like it's an easy default to, to, to go there. Yeah. And it, it it's bothersome, actually. I hate to say it, but it just is. Uh, you think BYU can get enough of a bounce then if they went out to get in that New Year's Day six? Here's what I'm writing for today, and I had a deep conversation with Jerry Palm because it's really complicated. Um, a win in this game significantly enhances BYU's New Year's Six Bowl chances. Eight, eight of those spots um, above them, uh, there are set. There are two. There are two of the seven undefeated teams below the Power Five. Okay, BYU has to get into the top twelve to be considered in general. Um, eight of the spots. In the, in the New Year Six are already spoken for right now. BYU would have to be one of the next four highest-ranked teams that don't qualify for the New Year Six to get in. Uh, six of those teams are currently ranked ahead of the Cougars. That means a final ranking of about 10th or better in the CFP, and BYU would get um, into its first major bowl in 23 years. So think about just think about that. Think about winning. Think about Tuesday, and think about being at number ten. Not, nothing is for certain here because you're at the whim of the selection committee. But if they're around ten after beating Coastal uh, and coming from thirteen, they got a heck of a chance. And so you you haven't I saw you tweeted that out. You haven't published it yet at CBS Sports. It's going to be. Uh, yeah, this morning. Yeah. Okay, BYU fans can look for that. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports. National College Football writer joining us, and he'll have that story available at CBS Sports website. We'll be checking that out for sure. Uh, the Pac-12, man, it just seems like, and no matter what, they can't get a team to go through unscathed. And Oregon, I guess SC still has a chance, obviously, or Colorado too, if you want to go in that direction. Washington, Washington these are USC and Colorado, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, they they literally since they've gone to the twelve. Have not had a team go nine and zero, never. And so my no, guess the, is the they're not going to do it again. No, yeah. Well, I mean, they might. The odd thing would be, 
Yeah, you got three. You got three teams in there. I think one of them's going to go undefeated, uh, for better or worse. I don't know if they'll get to the playoff. It's going to be hard. USC probably has the best chance. But think about this, and another COVID-related weird thing: if the Pac-12 has an undefeated champion and doesn't make the playoff, that will be uh, the first time a Power Five undefeated conference champion has not made the championship um, game or CFP since 2003. It was Auburn, went 12-0. At that exact moment, we started the momentum towards the playoffs. And Mike Slide, the SEC commissioner, said, uh-uh, it's not happening again. We're going to have to accommodate for the for the Auburns of the world. And I, looking back, I, I, I can't think, you know, beyond then, you know, there was a, a playoff scenario or a championship scenario. That would be the second time ever a Power Five conference champion undefeated wouldn't be allowed to play for a championship. Another dubious remar- uh, mark for the Pac-12 of what they yeah. don't want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we can sit here and talk for half an hour on how they got there. The leadership's been bad. Right. Um, I've never seen teams from back east, and even in the Pac-12 pluck players from California like I've seen. I mean, Clemson's quarterback of the future, DJ Uangalele, obviously we know he's great, um, is from Bosco. You know, I think not Bosco. It should be mm-hmm. that should be a UCLA USC no brainer. Um, uh, Bryce Young at Alabama, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon from the heart of LA. Um, and I think it's going to get worse if you if you look at the recruiting rankings. They can't keep those players at home. And the Pac-12 is so isolated on the West Coast because of that. Um, you know, they're not, they're not going to go in general. They're not going to go to Pennsylvania and get a kid. Now, Mario Cristobal, that kind of coach, can and will, but it just keeps the talent level down. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. You know, I'm an ASU grad, and I've been whining about this for years just to keep the kids in the state of Arizona has been almost an impossible task. Yeah. Well, that was always the case, yeah. Yeah, Virtually. just I mean that's it's hard. It's been hard to keep in-state players in Arizona, but I love I love Herm. I think he's a guy who just rolls up his sleeves and can teach uh, effort and technique and get more out of guys than they know they have themselves. I am totally sold on him as a coach. But again, it's still it's still Arizona State talent level compared to some of the other schools. We'll see. You buy this pro model that they've been trying to get, all these pro guys on the staff can actually make a difference and get them where they've wanted to be since they ran Frank Cushoff in 1979? I, I do. I, I was like everybody else. I was totally skeptical when they put out this press release and they hired Herm and they're going to have a general manager. It was, I Look, it was as poorly written a press release as I've ever seen. It was written by the college side. I've, I've written about it. You know, it wasn't written by somebody in sports information. They had somebody, for whatever reason, write this on the on the public information side of the issue, and it was confusing as hell. And I was dubious, but I've been in their room. I've been um, you know, the facility, and I said I love Herm as a coach. They've already lost Danny Gonzalez, the defensive coordinator, to New Mexico, so he's gotten a job off that. Uh, no, I, I think these guys are. Um, Marvin, you know, Marvin Lewis is there as a – did he get a position or is he a consultant? I don't know. But, He's co-defensive you know, coordinator with Antonio Pierce. Yeah, yeah, so that's really, really good. No, I think I think it can work, um, and, I, and I, I'm totally supporting it now. I was dubious. 
All right, Dennis, we appreciate you joining us. We'll look forward to reading your piece later this morning on CBS Sports. Thank you. All right, thanks, PK. All right, that is Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports. He's got a piece on BYU. If they can move up to 10, he believes they're in as far as the New Year's Six. Now, that's the ultimate goal. Cougars, are you buying it? Yeah. You know what else you should buy? You get zero res in your home. A clean home is a festive home, and zero res is a deal for you. $33 per room of carpet clean. Schedule at least three rooms and get an extra room clean for free. Schedule with zero res today. Call them at 801-288-9376. Right now, we want to bring in Andrew Reinhardt, our good friend from Wasatch Medical. And Andrew. I don't want to be flipping about it, but you can provide guys with a Merry Christmas, can you not? <laughs> yes, we can. If uh, you're experiencing some problems in the bedroom, the holidays are not all that fun a time with your significant other. <laughs> now, Wasatch Medical Clinic can treat erectile dysfunction and reverse erectile dysfunction pretty easily. In fact, it's funny you say that because the average guy goes through a few treatments over about two weeks. So you will be ready by the holidays. The acoustic wave therapy opens up and regrows blood vessels. Uh, ED is a blood flow problem. So you no longer have to take the pill. Guys complain about the headaches and the blurred vision and the lack of spontaneity. And we now have an FDA-registered Cambridge University study technology that can work and provide that spontaneity back into the bedroom. Wow, that's pretty good. You got the research behind you. You got all the authority. It's authentic. It works. Tell them about all they can get if they give Wasatch Medical Clinic a call. We are giving away a lot for free today. If you want to put a stop to the ED, call us now. The assessment, screening, exam, even blood flow ultrasound with our doctor will be no charge. Uh, we'll throw in a little uh, freebie just for making the trip that produces instant results in the bedroom. You're going to love that. And new patients even get free testosterone now. So we've got a lot for free to basically effectively treat the root cause problem of erectile dysfunction. Call us now. No charge. And that phone number for Wasatch Medical Clinic is 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Andrew, thanks for all the good news for all the guys who need help and being able to provide it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. That's Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical. You got that situation. Take care of it. Coming up next, go, Joe Cashon. Now, he is the Coastal Carolina play-by-play broadcaster. Coastal Carolina, are you kidding me? How did they get to this point? where they're going to have game day there. This is a program that's barely been at this level playing football just a few years, less than a handful. We'll find out what makes Coastal Carolina tick. Stay with us. Coming up next on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Have you ever turned on the TV and go to one of those channels where the Christmas fireplace is on your screen? Is that a thing? I saw that last night, and I wanted to run that by you guys and see what you thought of it. <laughs> I've never sought it out, Gordon. It just said Christmas Yule Log. So I clicked on it, and there it was, a fire burning. I'm just more concerned. You thought, you know what? I better talk about this on the radio. Everyone needs to know. The standard to make the non-sports report is so low. You ever been on the channel where they just show you what's on all? <laughs> All the channels. That, uh, that's fascinating to me. What's the definition of news again, Gordon? Shut up. 
The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for the 21st century. Utah, get started now at syringanetworks.com. Cougarville, it is your time to shine. Are the Cougars going to shine? Man. Think about all that is at stake. Just had Dennis Dodd on CBS Sports Line, a national football writer. He's got a lot of influence, knows a lot of people. I've seen him in many different places over the years. BYU Media Day, Pac-12 Media Day, you name it. Guy gets around saying if the Cougars win, and then, of course, they would – well, he thinks actually if they win this week, they can be bumped up to 10. And if they get to 10, then they're in. And maybe if they get to 11, you know, maybe they follow that up with a win over San Diego State that they're in then. How about that? Now, he thinks that if they're at 10, they'll get the New Year's Day. The coveted New Year's Day 6 ball. This is what they wanted. This is what they've dreamed of. I have my doubts. To be honest, I'm not sure that that could happen, that the committee is willing to do that, that they're willing to move those guys up that high, to put to put them in. But, you know, we can't discount what Coastal Carolina is about because they, have, as, they as they say, have come a long way, baby. Joe Cash in the Coastal Carolina play-by-play broadcaster is on the zone this morning. Joe, good morning. Thanks for coming on. Hey, PK, great to be with you and to talk a little Coastal and BYU football. Yeah. You know, before we get into the specifics of this year's team, and there's a lot to do, take us through the ascension of the program, of where it was just a few years back, what went into the decision to move up, and how they got to this point. You know, we were really good at the FCS level for a bunch of years, and then uh, around 2015, we were kind of looking to move into into a different FCS league, and we couldn't really get any takers. And then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue in the spring of 2015, the Sun Belt kind of comes calling, really. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. They say, hey, look, you know, we'd be interested in having you guys come into the league. And what's your interest? And we're like, <laughs> our administration kind of looked at each other and said, yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's do this. You know, we might not get an opportunity to, to move our athletics up into, into the FBS realm you know this may be a once in a lifetime kind of shot and so you know september of 2015 comes along and we make the announcement and then we start the transition of course later that year you know in 2016 summer of 2016 is when it became official and the day before it became official was the day that our baseball team won the national championship (laughs) and then so july 1st of 2016 we officially became members of the sunbelt conference and then the fbs and then we you know, played out our last year of FCS, and then we actually played our first year of, of FBS football in 2017. And, you know, the, the rough the rough ride, as it was, you know, the first three seasons to try to get our you know feet on the ground, 2017, 18, and 19, we didn't have a winning year in any of those seasons. You know, we went three and nine and then five and seven the last two seasons. But, uh, you know, this season has been quite remarkable. I, I knew that we would be better this year. We were really close last year as a five and seven team, but we just couldn't quite get over the hump. 
this year we've gotten over the hump and then some. You know, we turned a lot of those close losses last season into wins, big wins this year. And, boy, it's just been an amazing, amazing ride and a crazy upside-down season. But, uh, you know, here we are, all, all, you know, 9-0 and ready to take on another great football team tomorrow, also at 9-0. So I spent a week in Myrtle Beach once, and I uh... – went by your campus and all that and familiar a little bit with the area as this program has risen up uh, look at it as far as being able to sustain it what is the recruiting base like that they can draw players to the program we sort of recruit all over that was coach Moglia's I was kind of his mo but I think with you know Jamie Chadwell is now in charge I think we're kind of we're, we're trying to focus on the southeastern part of the United States. I mean, we'll, we'll go get guys from anywhere. I mean, we've, you know, we've gotten some commitments from guys from, you know, like from, you know, from Illinois not too long ago. You know, I mean, we've got guys that, are, you know, that can come over from wherever. I mean, if there's talent out there and we are interested and they are interested in us, and we'll certainly, you know, you know, try to, you know, go, go get those people. But, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of talent in South and North Carolina. You know, the Carolinas have a lot of talent, Virginia, Georgia, Florida. Alabama, this, this part of the world has a lot of G5 kind of talent, and we want to try to keep a lot of those kids in this area. I mean, recruiting to the beach is something else. I mean, who wouldn't want a ball at the beach? You know, that's, that's our recruiting theme. You know, ball at the beach, come and have a good time, get a great education at a great institution. And, uh, you know, our recruiting has really kind of picked up along those lines in the last couple of years, knowing that, you know, Coastal has a lot to offer. And now that we've got a We've got a nationally ranked football team. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of good things going on at Coastal in terms of going out and, and finding that talent and trying to mine that talent, you know, here in the, in the southeastern part of the United States. I know that Dustin Johnson thought it was a good place to play golf, right? <laughs> That's the golf capital of the world, Horry County and Myrtle Beach in this area. I couldn't be prouder of DJ. I mean, he was a, a Big South champion back when we were in the Big South Conference, and Obviously, you know, number one player in the world just won the green jacket. I mean, he's just he's just been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, what 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 an ambassador that we have to to you know be able to call on him and and he you know uh, represent the university the way that he has. So yeah, I mean, DJ's phenomenal. Joe Cashin, play by play announcer for the Coastal Carolina football program. Uh, talk about this year's team, and obviously quarterback is always central to a team's success. There's uh, a couple of numbers that really jump out at me when I look at Grayson McCall's statistics. One would be one interception, which is phenomenal, and then only seven sacks, which, I mean, obviously that's less than one a game. So that speaks to his ability with the one interception, but the offensive line's ability, I would think it speaks to them too with less than one sack per game. Could you speak to those two numbers? Absolutely. You know, the one interception, he made a, a bad read against Arkansas State and tried to go over the middle, back kind of against his body, kind of into try to fit it into a window that just wasn't there and had it picked. Now, on, you know, to be honest, he's had a couple that, that probably should have been intercepted, one against Louisiana and the one against App. But, hey, those guys didn't make the play. So he has that one interception all year. But, really, those are about the three worst throws that he's made. And only one got picked. But you mentioned the offensive line. And, yeah, these guys have done a terrific job. You know, Loper and Lampkin, Thompson, Carter, and Badosky. They're not the biggest guys in the world. <laughs> I mean, they're going to go up against a big, 
BYU front tomorrow, but they, but they have done a great job of protecting Grayson and opening ways for that running game to get untracked. And Grayson does a really nice job, too, of not just standing in one spot. He'll move around. He'll climb the pocket. He'll move you know, side to side if he has to, depending on where the pressure's coming from. So he is, he's pretty good about being able to maneuver himself in and out of trouble, mostly out of trouble. So, I mean, his pocket presence for a redshirt freshman is, is really off the charts. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> knew that he was going to be a good one, but this early, didn't know he you know he would be quite as good as he's been this season. It's it, it really been fun to watch him play this year. So they got three running backs, uh, all over 300 yards, led by a 1,000-yard rusher and C.J. Marable, almost uh, 600 yards. When I say 1,000 yards, that's last year. And so uh, we'll see if he can get it. You know, I – looked at the stats of last game against Texas State because that's the common opponent, interestingly, that BYU and Coastal have had in common. And the score was almost virtually identical. Now, I understand Mm -hmm. that game down in Texas was played in a big-time rainstorm, so they ran the ball extensively. What do you expect offensively the game plan to be against the Cougars? I expect the game plan to be kind of what we've done all year. You know, it's try to run the – triple out of the two back set which we like to do a lot and then spread it out you know i hope we can hope we can get the numbers right in the box to be able to do the things that we want to do you mentioned cj marable and he had a season high 157 last week at texas state and yeah it was miserable (laughs) oh it was miserable down there it just poured all day but i mean not i think that kind of worked to our advantage because we were able to grind them out you know get the uh, get the running game untracked and, and hopefully we can do that hopefully we can keep you know Zach Wilson and this offense off the field. I mean, you know, you talk about numbers that just jump off the jump off the stat sheet. I mean, they just scream at you what these guys have done all year offensively. And our our mo really, I, I would think tomorrow is to try to keep the ball. You know, win time of possession decisively. Run Jamie Chadwell football, which is grind out first down after first down. You know, with that running game, have Grayson timely in the passing game, being able to go down the field some, but. All in all, just trying to keep that BYU offense off the field. And, and hopefully it'll work out for us. We can get the option game going, get C.J. on track, get Reese and Shamari Jones, <clears throat> you know, our other two backs that you mentioned. Get those guys on track a little bit. And, again, play keep away, you know, and, and, score, and score enough to win at the end. Uh, he spreads the ball around, too, in the throw game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we, we kind of took some hits in, at wide receiver – in preseason, but the guys that, that are playing the wideout position right now have really done a good job. And, and Javon Hiley, Sam Denmark, Cam Brown, Greg Latushko is great on third downs. Kind of a, you know, a slot kind of guy. He'll, we'll just sneak him out there. Next thing you know, he's wide open. And Grayson does a really good job of finding that wide open guy, going through his progressions and being able to stay patient in that pocket, like I talked about a minute ago, and just be, you know, be able to spread the ball around. And then Isaiah Likely, who's a tight end for us, really is not a tight end. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare. So hopefully we can get him in some mismatches down the field and, and have Grayson, you know, get him in a couple of big play situations. Joe Cashin, the Coastal Carolina play-by-play broadcaster, is joining us right here on The Zone. Now, you mentioned Zach Wilson. I mean, he is just having a phenomenal season all sorts of publicity. Uh, he's playing at, obviously, the best level he's played at. Uh, they've got big play capability. They like to strike, particularly like early, we've seen that they like to go deep, uh, stretch the defense immediately, send the message 
that we can get behind you. Uh, you know, I haven't watched all the games. I did watch Kansas because that was at the beginning, and I didn't know what kind of college football we were going to get. So I felt like, man, it's college football now. I better watch it because who knows what's going to be down the line. So I saw that exactly. game. I, I saw that game, and I'm, I'm wondering uh, defensively. You know, Kansas isn't a good program, so I don't know what I could draw from that. Uh, anything that uh, – in the schedule, whether it's Louisiana, Appalachian State, that you can compare to what BYU's been able to do offensively? Yeah, you can't glean a lot from Kansas. I mean, they're just not very good, and we had our way with them. But you mentioned Louisiana and App. I mean, Louisiana was ranked at the time we beat them, and we're going to see them again in two weeks in the Sunbelt Championship game. They play tonight against Appalachian. I'm going to be interested to watch that. But, I mean, you know, Schedules are what they are, you know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that I really get into a lot of okay. They played a bunch of teams of this kind of overall record, or this team has played a bunch of teams of that kind of record. I mean, this season kind of is what it is. You just had to find opponents, you know, when you can get them, and that's what BYU has done. I think they've done a phenomenal job of just going out and finding games, you know, getting games when they can in this crazy year, like you talked about. You know, get college football when you can, but you know. I don't know. I, the, the, the scores, I mean, I don't care how bad or good teams really are. I mean, you beat people 55-3. to three, And I, I, I watched that Navy game, and I remember thinking, wow, that BYU bunch, they're pretty doggone good. I mean, Navy's not really that bad, I didn't think. But holy mackerel, you look at these scores, 45-14 over La Tech, you know, put it on Texas State, whip Boise State, and Boise like that? I mean, I, I'm like, whoa, and Boise was ranked at the time? That's one that really jumps out at you, too. So, you know, I – comparing scores and all that kind of stuff really it just comes down to who plays better on saturday honestly we'll we'll see so i'm sure you've seen that if zach wilson has time forget it i mean he's just at the top of his game receivers are really good got some good running backs they're going to be able to get pressure on him You know, that's like the $1,000 question, honestly. I was talking with our coach last night, and he was kind of wondering about that, too. That was kind of one of the, our concerns. You know, can we, with our down three or down four guys, get there against guys that go 6'6", 300, you know, 6'5", 300, 6'5", 310, 6'7", 302? I mean, we haven't faced any size like that, anywhere close to that all year. Can we get there with our, you know, all-conference all and probably defensive player of the year, Teron Jackson. Can we get there with him? Can we get there with C.J. Brewer, who had 14 tackles against the outstanding app team a couple of weeks ago? Can Jeff Gunner, our bandit, get there, who's been a, a huge plus coming back for us this year? I, that's going to be the thing. I mean, if we have to start blitzing people, you know, I'm not, not really excited about that. We've got to figure out a way to get pressure. And, and move him around or get him uncomfortable back there with, with our, our down four guys, you know, four or five guys that we're going to bring. We'll see. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly a huge challenge to go up against this BYU front and to try to get some pressure on Wilson. So we've had game day, game day here down at BYU, I think, <clears> once <throat> up at the University of Utah. You know, and they're only separated by about 40, 45 miles, so we're in the same media market. And it has been just the community has been just so excited now, with this COVID situation, how is the game day going to play out in Conway? That's a, that's a good question. You know, we'll we'll see tomorrow. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, we we're gonna <coughs> goodness. Speaking of speaking of getting the cough from that right there, we're we're gonna have fans in the stands tomorrow, probably about five thousand, <clears throat> and they they made a bunch of noise 
in that app game. Our people are really excited about this. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to come out whether they can get into the stadium or not remains to be seen. Now, I think we're going to open the baseball field, which is right behind the football stadium. We'll have to see. And then we're going to open that up to let some fans go in there and watch it on the big screen. But, I mean, our, our community has really rallied around this thing. And <clears throat> there's teal everywhere. You know, they're excited about having game day in town, and, and they want to make a, a big statement. And I think it's huge for our community. And, and hopefully, again, our fans will show up. Hopefully they'll make a bunch of noise like they did a couple of weeks ago and, 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 and make it a great atmosphere, as good as it can be in this you know, COVID world that we live in right now. If we could sell 20,000 tickets because that's what we hold, we'd sell them out easy. I mean, BYU would have a bunch of people there, and we would have a bunch of people there too. But, you know, it is what it is. If people are excited, and, uh, and we'll see. Yeah, you know, usually with game day, they have that celebrity guest picker who has a local tie. Do you think it, you think they're going to give DJ a call? Uh, they, they could. I mean, now we've got several people that uh, that could slip in there and, and, and fill that void and, and do the, the guest picking kind of thing. You know, we've got a, an all-pro defensive back in Josh Norman, you know, who's, who's still playing in the league. He could sure. be the guy. You know, we could have Mike Tolbert. He could be the guy. He played in the league as well. And you know, several other alumni out there. We'll just we'll just have to see. I'll be interested to see who who that celebrity guest picker is going to be for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly a great game that's come up so quick. But this is a crazy world in which we live, and there's a lot of excitement out here, two thousand miles away, to see what the Cougars can do because they want the New Year's Day six bid. Coastal Carolina wants respect, so I think that kind of you know nobody believes in us type of card. I think that sort of washes each other out because both these programs are striving. This is a phenomenal opportunity. Thanks for joining us, Joe. We really appreciate it. All right, PK. Thanks for having me on, and uh, look forward to a big one tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. Joe Cashin, the Coastal Carolina play-by-play broadcaster, joining us coming up at the top of the hour. we got David Locke, got some jazz talk, of course. Stay with us, man. This is a huge day throughout the whole day. We're excited about these football games with the Utes playing. And obviously, BYU with this monumental opportunity against Coastal Carolina. Who would have thought that this is it? (laughs) But nevertheless, here we are. We'll hit that next. Stay with us, 97.5-1280, The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Jolly Christmas. Oh, is this my group, Lady A? It is Lady A. All right, there you go. You put me in the mood, Yawk. Thank you so very much. It's December. I can play Christmas music. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes, you can. This is that time of year. You got to do it, actually. No doubt about it. If we're talking America to Mama first. Hatch. She plays it in July, so she. she uh, July? No, I'm not going there. I'm, I'm not, not going, going there either. But that's that's no. Mama Hatch. No, our daughter used to do it just to torture us, crank it from her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just to drive us nuts in July. It was uh, pushing 100 degrees. 
Got to tell you, Football Fridays here on the Zone Sports Network and coverage of the Las Vegas Raiders game against the New York Jets on Sunday is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. Same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Raiders playing the loser, the ultimate loser in the NFL, the Jets 0-11. Raiders need a win. Have Lincoln Kennedy on every Friday morning to talk about the Raiders and all things football, NFL, and college. We appreciate him coming on and America First giving us that opportunity to talk about them. This is definitely a football Friday, huge game for the Cougars. You know, the, one of the great things about this season for BYU is that finally it is mystery. You have mystery. Now, here we are in December, and that's probably because of the COVID. Normally, it's November. The situation by then, for every year since they've been independent, was already wrapped up. They had already suffered some losses, and they knew which bowl, and sort of playing out the string. Now, we've got all sorts of anticipation that we haven't had, right? We haven't had that at all in the other nine years of BYU being an independent because they can't play for a conference title, so you're not following all this game. We need that team to lose and whatnot. It's just about yourself, and you knew you were going to go to some bowl that uh, wasn't viewed as all that glamorous. Still a football game. An opportunity to play a football game means more than ever, definitely in a world in which you live right now. But here we've got mystery and intrigue can they actually get there dennis dodd cbs sports this morning we had him on saying that if the cougars win he thinks they'll move up they'll get to be to 10 and then they get to be to 10 they'll be in a new year's day bowl that new year's six spiel that is been so elusive and really matters fiesta bowl announcing uh, i think it was yesterday that they'll have no fans maybe some family might be able to go at the Cardinal Stadium in Glendale, which is a shame because certainly BYU fans would flock to that. They would be all over that NFL stadium. BYU played in there. I covered that game a few years back. Kalani's first game, if I remember correctly, when they beat Arizona. Correct. On uh, that last second field goal. Jake by the make. 12-year-old Jake Olroyd. Who looked like he was really 12 at the time. <laughs> yes, he did. I asked him, how old are you? We talked about Ryland Jones earlier about Utah. Well, Jake Oldroyd, the exact same deal. Yeah, and that seems like a long time ago. What grade is Jake in now? He's technically missions. a junior this year. Okay, when they got the missions going yep. on, you get uh, you have to look at a program to see what uh, what grade he's in. So they, they would – they would go nuts over that. It's too bad that that won't happen. But they got to win first because if they don't win, it doesn't matter. And I think that's part of the fun. And that's the thing. One of the things that's missing from BYU is there's no mystery. And now there's a ton of mystery and intrigue. Will they win? How far can they climb up the pole? I mean, this has been BYU has been regulated, uh, relegated to watching Utah in this college football playoff committee poll. It's been all about the Utes. The last several years, and now the table has turned at least temporarily, which is a fresh story for the Cougars. 
and hopefully they win and they can continue to climb up that pole and see where they can get if the promised land awaits from them. Now, speaking of the promised land, if you've not been able to get to the promised land, my friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he can help you get to that promised land. And I don't say it flippantly because it's important. Andrew, tell him what I'm talking about. Yes, we're talking about relationships today. That's what Wasatch Medical Clinic does. Uh, although we eliminate and treat erectile dysfunction, we really improve relationships, the man and his significant other. Now, we use an FDA-registered Cambridge-studied technology called acoustic wave therapy. We use the most advanced form. It's clinically proven to regrow blood vessels, and it doesn't take much to reverse ED. And here's the big takeaway. We've helped thousands of guys get off the pill. That means you get the spontaneity back. That means that you eliminate the side effects. This is significant for a lot of guys out there. So if you're listening and maybe the frequency isn't as good as you want it to be in the bedroom, boy, can we help. And this can be a great alternative to the pills. That's really good. You know, when you talk about the spontaneity, that alternative, that is, that's really what it's all about because, uh, you know, you try to plan, and who knows uh, in the world in which we live with kids and whatnot, if the plan can even come to pass, so to speak. But with you and what you offer in your service, you don't have to worry about that. That's exactly right. In fact, I think it's the only thing that treats the root cause problem of erectile dysfunction. I don't know of another treatment that does it. So that, yeah, like you say, when the timing's right, this is on-demand function. That's what we want. Most definitely. And also, this being the giving season, you got some stuff to give away. We do. If you're struggling with ED, sick of those pills, let's get it back on track for the holidays, guys. Call us right now a lot for free. We'll do the exam, the initial screening, uh, even the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, no charge. We'll also throw in a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. Guys, love that. That'll be free. And new patients right now even get free testosterone. Give us a call. It's all free. That phone number for Wasatch Medical Clinic is 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Andrew, thank you for the information. Thank you. All right, coming up next, David Locke, obviously Mr. Jazz, and we'll hit that. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.